Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can trust service by Lexus. Because our Lexus certified technicians know your Lexus best. So you can enjoy driving with even more confidence. Knowing your Lexus is giving you the performance you deserve. Do what's best for you and your Lexus. With service by Lexus. Experienced only at your Lexus dealer. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Declan McConville and GP Mason back to the Axon Bulletin. I am John Paul Dykes, apparently. And today we will be discussing anything 
relating to Celtic we'll be talking about tonight's game uh, we'll be talking about a return to a sold out Celtic park for the game going Axom contributors we'll be talking about the return of music to all of our lives but primarily to JP Mason's life because it's a huge part of your your life JP let's have a look at uh, the Sealers Barkas Odson Edwards Leo Held um, the new centre half incoming, the new right back incoming, but also we'll be focusing on Gordon Strachan and this dual interest saga. Got loads to say about that. Um, so first off, tonight's the night. JP, I'll start with you. How's it going to be feeling to take that walk? I know you were at the game because there was a photograph um, emerged on social media with you and the wee fella down there um, <laughs> outside the game at the weekend, but it's a full house. How are you going to be feeling and a European game at the same time? How are you going to be feeling tonight? I think this is when it when it properly hits home that you know we're on that path back to, dare I say it, normality. Um, just the, the last game, obviously, the game on uh, Sunday there was completely off the scale I mean even though I was in a, a different seat you know to watch the rip roaring free scoring never boring Glasgow Celtic and and full flow was uh, was something else and uh, seeing Ryan Christie's head and his feet inside Celtic Park um, <laughs> was also great and uh, yeah it was just brilliant And but tonight's the real deal tonight's going to be absolutely insane I, I, I was I was borderline going to be working tonight through in Edinburgh as a favour for a friend. Nothing to do with King Tut's. And uh, I managed to <laughs> managed to get out of it. So um, thankfully, um, I'm not going to be in a box office in Edinburgh and I'll be in my seat in 102 at Celtic Park for the first time since March the 7th last year. Um, and in many ways, it's just going to, I think it's going to feel like it never happened. I mean, obviously it has, and we've all aged a year and a, a half since since the last game. But I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be something else, and I can't wait. We spoke about that during the the lockdown and that, didn't we, JP? And how bizarre it was going to feel to be watching uh, Celtic playing Aberdeen with Scott Brown in an Aberdeen jersey, and mm. because there was this gap, you know, of not actually being there and not witnessing Celtic's demise, let's be honest, uh, during that, that period. So there will be a strange kind of feeling about it. Declan, uh, you will also be there. There was photographic evidence of you at the game against Dundee as well. What are you most looking forward to tonight? Um, as you both know, obviously, I help run a supporters bus and it's something that we've managed to keep going through lockdown and um, I've not seen you know everybody that goes on that bus for, for so long and, and been together so just that, that drive to the game from Mary Hill is going to be quite um, surreal and then again like JP saying you know going up to my old seat um, that I've sat in ever since I started going to Celtic Park the first game and it was free so um, my dad sat in that seat ever since the stadium opened up as well so yeah, it's going to be nice to go back up there uh, in the corner between the north stand and the Jockstein stand and uh, go back to the old seats, see old faces. And again, you know what? The club doing the, the pause and applause tonight is going to be nice to just kind of reflect on, you know, people that, that won't be joining us tonight. And, you know, for everybody that has lost a loved one, um, like myself through this, it's going to be, a you know, probably an emotional occasion for that reason and for the reason of returning to Celtic Park. So I think it's going to be an emotional um, occasion, and I'm looking forward to, to watching Celtic um, 
get back hopefully to to winning ways after Sunday's performance, a fantastic scintillating uh, performance, and as long as we that continues, um, it's really enjoyable to be watching the hoops again. There's a lot positive uh, on today's show, absolutely no doubt. But tonight was an opportunity, I think, after that whole period. Um, JP of fans not being in the stadium, fans back in the club uh, like no other time in the history really knowing last season that we weren't going to get back into the stadiums anytime soon, backing them again this season without any guarantees that we were going to get back, obviously it's transpired that we have and it's great that we're getting back Um, Was it an open goal for the Celtic board to regain a bit of a connection with the Celtic fans in relation to the, the ticketing of this. And I know that the counter-argument of the business heads will be, but we sold it out, we sold it out. But surely it was an opportunity for the club to say thank you to the season ticket holders in relation to the charging and the ticketing of this particular game. Yeah, I, I listened to, um, as I always do, I listened to the podcast yesterday with, uh, with Kev, Colin and Brian and, I thought it was really good. It was a really good, really good show um, that, that, that sort of talked about a lot of different narratives of, of the situation. And, you know, Kev's got his his, uh, his principles and I respect them. And uh, I think my only gripe as a season ticket holder is someone who's shelled out, you know, 1,200 quid in the last two years for, for very little for, you know, a stream on a TV. I think the, the fact that the 9,000 got into the Michelin game and nothing's been taken into consideration for the other however many 41,000 or however many it is 41,000 that, that didn't get into that game so if you're being technical about it we should have had a European game on our season ticket but then it's just been classed as well you got it on the you know past the paradise <clears> so that's that that was you taken care of but I think in these circumstances they should have they should have definitely catered for those people because as part of the product and, and and I'm you know I'm I'm one of those people and yeah okay you could say well you've gone ahead and bought a ticket anyway but there was never going to be a case that I wasn't going to be at the game tonight you know even if it had been forty quid I would have paid forty quid you know it, it, it's just it means too much to me and if you want to call that then pulling on our heartstrings I don't know if that is the case or if it is just a business decision as you've said um, but yeah I, I don't know what the logistics of trying to figure out how to give those people that didn't get into the Michelin game a free ticket. I don't, can't have been that hard. Maybe I'm being naive, but that, that would be my gripe. As for it just being given as a free gig to everybody, um, I, I can see why people would say that and I, and I understand the anger. Um, but unfortunately for me, it's not going to stop me being there because yeah, wild horses wouldn't stop me being there tonight. <laughs> No, you're. You know, this is the this is the balance, though. You know, had twelve thousand tickets been sold, the club might have taken notice. Uh, mm. They won't take take notice whilst they ticket the event, the game, and it sells out. Deck, what's your feelings on this in terms of PR um, and also reconnecting with the Celtic fan base? It was a good opportunity, don't you think? Yeah, it was a perfect opportunity. Um, you know, forty two thousand odd season ticket holders obviously never got that that first game free. Um, Obviously, you know, I know Celtic don't set the limits in capacity and that was a, a government decision, but it's still Celtic had the opportunity to, you know, give everybody else that game and just a, you know, a clear slate. I'm not saying charge 9,000 people either. Just everybody should have been given a game free, you know, as a token gesture. I think a lot of people would have appreciated that. Um, but of course, you know, 
money rules are roost in the boardroom. They've looked at it, a million quid that they can pull in for tonight's game, probably. And then they'll have all their other stuff and programmes and whatnot. Um, so, again, it's just it's completely driven by finance and, you know, this propaganda thing that they wheel out of Celtic family. There's no Celtic family to the Celtic board. The, the Celtic family are the fans and people in the stadium. They, they don't really care whatever financial position anybody's in. So, a really good opportunity to write the wrong tonight, which they never did. But, um, like JP, Wild Horses wouldn't stop me going back tonight and we just need to kind of go along as we are and that's it Yeah, a wee bit disappointing um, I'm constantly disappointed with modern football JP, uh, things happen all the time and I just shake my head in disbelief you know, you look at the amount I know, I know I'm sitting watching it thinking does anybody actually believe all that nonsense where I'm crying at the press conference because yeah. nobody, nobody in the modern game, you know when you look at from our perspective, the homegrown heroes that come through the ranks and he'll never leave Celtic want a bet because if the carrot's big enough, they'll go anywhere. And I think that's the case, obviously, with, with modern football clubs as well. It's all about the dollar. Um, plenty to discuss today, and we will get to the game, because it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, obviously, after the resounding performance at the weekend, the free scoring, certainly, JP. But there's loads of other, there's loads of other uh, discussion points. I'm really keen to get onto the striking uh, and the dual interest rules and have a wee uh, look at the Article 13 and share our views on that one as well. But there's plenty more to discuss. JP Mason, you're a massive music fan. You're sitting in front of a huge music collection. You were at uh, King Tots on Monday night. That was the return of live music to the venue you are closely involved with. It was a female artist called Brooke Combe who is from Bonnyrigg, not far from where I'm sitting right here. And Brooke, of course, came in to a State of Mind studio fairly recently and shared with us a couple of her tracks on an acoustic level. She did a wee interview. She was humble and absolutely spectacular. What a talent, you know, to sit a couple of metres away from her JP. She blew us away here at the studio. What was Monday like uh, for yourself getting back into the groove and also Brooke Combe, first ever gig? I mean, absolutely unbelievable to think that it was our first ever gig because genuinely standing inside the stage, you would never have known that she'd not been on a stage before because she she worked the room, she was engaging with, with people in the crowd, you know, like a pro, you know, having banter with, with, with people that were shouting stuff out, but not in a kind of, I've seen people do that before and it kind of ends up getting a bit hammy and amatory and they don't really know where it's going to go and they don't know when to stop and shut it down. But she was totally on it, and and I tell you what, her, uh, her she had a really great band with her. She's got good people around her. She's a really good tour manager, James, and uh, she's you know she's got a great agent as well who uh, could help her with things in terms of the other artists on his on his roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, she she's you know she's going to do the business. I think I, I don't know. I can't I can't predict where she's going to go, but. Judging by that performance on Monday and selling out King Tuts as your first show, um, she's definitely got a, a, a good path laid out for her. And she's just like, you know, her, her voice is great. And, you know, there's, there's sometimes you see people at King Tuts and you just get that feeling and you know that something's going to happen for them and mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to and it's going to get bigger. How big that will be will depend on, you know, her luck and how things work for her going forward. But she will definitely play in a bigger stage than King Tuts. There's no question in my mind that that will be the case. So, um, and and I, I mentioned to her when she arrived. I said, "Oh, I, I first saw you in uh, a state of mind. Uh, you, you know, Paul 
Paul John Dykes. He was like, oh yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend. <laughs> there you go. Straight from straight from wow. his mouth. There you go. Yeah. And she's a Celtic fan. Sorry to break anybody's hearts out there, but she supports the famous Glasgow Celtic. Oh, I didn't. We didn't get on to Celtic actually. Oh, there, there you go. Celtic, yeah. <laughs> that was off the record. Um, <laughs> well, I've just broken the record. So, Dick, I, I want to talk about the game. Of course, I do. And we'll be talking about the predicted lineups and any changes that Ange wants to make. Um, but there's a lot of big talking points coming through. Um, and, you know, we really need to, to strip the whole Gordon Strachan saga back a wee bit and have a look at that and why that's uh, ruffling feathers um, at SFA Towers. Now, we are actually streaming. We normally stream on three destinations. It's normally uh, my own Twitter page whilst we build up the Axom Twitter page. Uh, and, of course, there will come a point where it starts going out on Axom's Twitter. We can only put it on one periscope, so one Twitter, unfortunately. It also goes out on YouTube uh, under a state of mind. And normally it would go out on the Axon Facebook. But now we're going out on eight destinations. So we're basically all over the place, including Twitch, which I'm still learning about. Um, and I had an interesting uh, we look at it yesterday and I was watching someone in Japan singing karaoke. And it was uh, strangely intriguing. So there's Twitch for you. And Axom is now on that platform, um, amongst other places. I'm going to jump right into the Gordon Strachan situation now. Gordon Strachan's name has come up loads over the last year. We've spoken about his views on Celtic, the the fact that he was um, his name was uttered numerous times in relation to a director of football or technical director role. His son, obviously, two sons are employed by Celtic currently, and the fact that he's a very successful former Celtic manager. So the club, JP, announced this week that uh, he will be working alongside uh, Dom Mackay in a three-month consultancy period where he will be looking at the Football Academy, the women's team and the B team uh, with a view to feeding back his recommendations to Dom Mackay on how to develop these areas of the football department. Now, that announcement divided opinion. Before we move on to uh, whose feathers it's ruffled, what was your thoughts on that announcement um, and the reaction of the Celtic fans once the announcement was made, JP? It's just because he's a divisive character, isn't it? People either like Gordon Strachan or they absolutely hate him, and that is within the Celtic support. It was always the case, I remember it, well, when I was, it was the last, the last three years of my original season ticket in the Jock Steen stand were the last three years under Strachan. Um, obviously, including the the final year where it didn't work out, mm-hmm. and you know people, people still to this day go on about how terrible the football was and how you know this that and the next thing. But you got to point to the fact of his success and the Champions League qualifications the players that he brought to the club. Um, me, personally, I, I never had a problem with Gordon Strachan. And in actual fact, if you saw that picture I put up of Jan Venegar of Hesselink and me the other day <laughs> in Earth Castle. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But 13, 14 years ago, that's absolutely terrifying. That's 14 years ago. Um, I It was not long after Strachan had been chinned in the street by some Celtic fan and given a load of abuse. And there was a newspaper article at that time, you know, where he kind of he addressed it. 
because the guy had just come up and had a go at him over something to do with Celtic or whatever. And and I went up to him in the hotel that morning and just went up and said, Mr. Strachan, um, just want to say I'm a season ticket holder at Celtic and I just want to thank you for everything you've done at the football club. And he went, he, went, he looked at me in the eye and he went, thank you, son. I appreciate that. Thank you, son. And I was just trying to, as one guy, just trying to readdress this kind of idea that everybody hated him. I also <laughs> interestingly watched him drop Magic Zarafsky in the foyer of that hotel that morning because Zarafsky had been starting before those was that game against Falkirk that day. And I saw him take him aside into a little bit away from the, the foyer. And he and the next day he came out and Zarafsky kind of had like had his face chipping him a bit. Mm. And I heard the radio as we were driving away from the hotel that morning saying, No magic Zarafsky in the lineup today. He's he's been dropped to the bench. And I was like, I saw that actually happen. So <laughs> but with regards to his appointment with this three month role. I'm very much the same as uh, the guys yesterday. You know, mostly I'm unaffected by it. If, as Brian said, if he was going to be appointed on like some two, two or three year deal with this, like, uh, you know, um, director of football role or whatever, then maybe I would have been a bit like that. Isn't really as progressive as we would have maybe liked because um, he's no Ralph Ranick, put it that way. Um, I would ask Celtic fans who have got issue with this: Would they have had the same issue if it was Martin O'Neill that had been brought in to do this role? Or is it just purely because it's Strachan and they see it as like, oh, well, Strachan's son's there and uh, this is an old pals act and everything else. At the end of the day, if he's doing something that's going to benefit our football club, it doesn't matter who he is or what he's done in the past. You know, I I, I don't really think that he would be brought in just, what's three months? A three months salary is not going to set him up for life, is it? It's not as if we're just giving this gig to, to help him along financially. I'm 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 nonplussed about it. I'm more concerned about um, Ange Postecoglou and the Celtic first eleven than anything else at the moment because everything else to me is long term and obviously needs to be addressed. But right now we need to sort out the, 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 the first eleven on the pitch, and I'm far more concerned about that and whether Ange Postecoglou is happy with what he's getting and what he's got. That's that's my concern. When I look back on Strachan. A bit like yourself, I know I've spoken to people who were involved at the club who spoke about the uh, period under Mowbray followed by, um, you know, sorry, the period under, the last season under Strachan followed by the, the, the eight or nine months under Mowbray and how, you know, interest in terms of season tickets, merch sales, Celtic view sales and all that kind of stuff were affected. There was a period of time there, JP, where, um, you know, they were down, season tickets were down. I've spoken to people who stopped going during that period. And, you know, that's not something, that's not a decision I'm going to criticise. It's not something I've ever done in my lifetime is supporting Celtic, regardless who who was in charge. I've certainly seen worse managers managing Celtic than Gordon Strachan, that is for sure. Um, so when it was announced, and I had a look at the, the official announcement and the role and the responsibilities, obviously there was this chat around the fact that um, Dominic Mackay was asked about it because... During that fan media conference, the rumours at that time were that Gordon Strachan might be a name that the club would consider for a director of football. He was asked about that. He said it wasn't happening. People were then saying, you know, I thought it wasn't happening. This means that Don McKay's got nothing to do with the decision and then they start deconstructing it. And I don't think that is the case. I mean, I think, like you say, JP, I kind of play it down to the point where it's quite clear that those areas of the, depart- the, the football department need some kind of focus. It's a three-month consultancy period. If he was consulting for a number of clubs, 
I think that would be okay. But because he is also employed by Dundee, that's caused some issue, which we're going to discuss as well. But before we do that, Dick, I'm going to ask you your reaction to Strachan's return to Celtic Park. Yeah, I mean, for the past year, obviously in the past, he's always been on Celtic TV and, you know, I don't think he's employed by the club but because it's a kind of freelance because he appears and whatever else. But I always found that very strange that, you know, he was so much involved in the match day base at the club, yeah, from a, a broadcasting perspective, but, but there so much. I mean, if you're a Dundee fan and he's there, you'd be questions asked. I think as well as that, everybody's looking at it from the perspective his son's obviously our first team coach. One son's a scout. Um, people will be asking, you know, whether it's three months, three weeks, three days. You know, what was the recruitment process for this? Was he the best candidate to take the job? Or the reason that Gordon Strachan's arrived back at Celtic Park is purely simply because he's a former manager at the club. We've got ties already with the family. We know he's easy to talk to in terms of the communication, I think, between him and, and Dermot Desmond. Um I think it's very much a Dermot Desmond appointment. I mean, the two of them seem to get on well with each other. They've spoken about that. I think, again, from the Celtic support, some of Gordon's comments post-match at times last season were very much out of touch um, with what we were watching in front of us and the, as the building was collapsing. Um, so, again, it'll be interesting to see what happens after three months because if it's three months, again, probably like you two guys... I'm unfazed about it because I just hope it'd be three months and then cheerio. But as long as it's not three months and it's a trial and then he comes in permanently, because again, as a you know, from a perspective of a fan, I would like to know the recruitment process for that and why mm. he was the person to do that. And I think a lot of people, you know, I used to go to Scotland games under Gordon. It wasn't great. He never qualified. You know, I know it's been something that wasn't just him, but Steve Clark was the guy that eventually broke that mould. Um, a lot of people rubbish his comments in genetics with Scotland too. People will say he's been out of the kind of modern game in terms of club level for so long that he'd just, just be out of touch in terms of youth set up and looking throughout the club. So there's a lot to dissect in it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens after the three months. But as you two say, I'm probably in the same camp as JP that I'm more concerned about the, the first team in the park, what players are coming in the door and Ange Postacoglu at the moment. Yes, we'll come back actually to that second uh, string, the, the, the Colts, the B team, because obviously there has been uh, developments with Leo Held and we'll, we'll have a wee chat about that. But on the subject to Gordon Strachan and the dual interest role um, or not, he is employed by Dundee as a technical director and has been for some time now. And uh, this is going to be reviewed by the SFA's professional game board because they would have expected under Article 13 to have been informed of any developments in relation to having a dual role. As I said before, he's not employed by Celtic. If it was consultancy for both clubs, there wouldn't be an issue, but because he's employed by another club, that could be an issue. But that actually raises a a wider issue, I would suggest. Um, So the rule states, any person involved in any capacity whatsoever in the management or administration of a club cannot be involved with another club at the same time unless they have the prior written consent of the board. Right. Now, I posted something on Axom's uh, Twitter yesterday. It was an interview I did back in 2013 with Jimmy Calderwood. Um, and 
you know, this was before the infamous interview he did with Tam Cowan and, and Stuart Cosgrove on the radio. I didn't upload it until 2014 because I didn't have a YouTube channel. But he basically say, states that David Murray contacted him whilst he was managing in Holland and said, in the Netherlands rather, and says to him, um, you want to come back to Scotland? Jimmy Calderwood thought it was because uh, he wanted him as a Rangers manager. Turns out his best mate, Gavin Masterton, who just happens to be at that time the treasurer of the Bank of Scotland, so you can join the dot on what was to ensue there um, was wanting them for the Dunfermline job but the job was offered by David Murray so if we go back to the the actual Article 13 involved in any capacity whatsoever in the management or administration of a club cannot be involved with another club at the same time so David Murray is offering Jimmy Calderwood the manager's job for Dunfermline Athletic whilst he is the chairman at Rangers Football Club now that, I would suggest, was a dual interest. Now people say, get over it, um, or you, you can't you know, you know, can't actually go and punish a club that effectively can't be punished, uh, i.e. Rangers before administration and not gradation. So you've got to forget about it. But I think from the club's perspective, Celtic's perspective, if they have to take any kind of punishment here, and the punishment would be that we can't actually employ Gordon Strachan, or he will resign from Dundee to do three months consultancy, and if the club are going to take that on the chin, then they should. But on the proviso that uh, past misdemeanours have to be investigated and investigated fully, because there's no point in a three-month consultancy period right, being flagged when something right, is... Horrific as offering a fellow Scottish clubs uh, a manager to a fellow that that is astonishing in, to, in terms of dual interest. Now there, there's it goes even deeper, it goes even wider. So about that time when I was doing the the interview, I was interviewing a lot of figures because we were actually fundraising for Dunfermline when they were in administration. We raised a lot of money for them at that time, and I interviewed uh, people such as the secretary of the club or the, the ex-secretary of Dunfermline, Paul DeMello, um, and Pip Yates. you remember Pip Yates, the physio. He was a physio at uh, Scotland, Dunfermline and Rangers for various spells. He still has a practice in Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. And they advised us that Graham Souness was also on the payroll. Now, at this time, Souness was a manager down south. He was on the payroll at Stadio Group, which is a company owned by Gavin Masterton. And this was at the same time that Rangers paid him an EBT. So I'm just I'm just stating facts. I'm not saying that that was what the EBT was for. That, again, would be a dual interest issue that uh, should be investigated if, indeed, Celtic are investigated over the issue with Gordon Strachan. So I've said my piece on it because I think that it's shocking that it's even been raised in terms of Strachan because he's not employed by Celtic. It's like Dunfermline Athletic employ Jackie McNamara to do consultancy work right now. But Jackie could do the same consultancy work with Partick Thistle, Celtic, Edinburgh City, any other team that he wants because he's not employed by them. It's like, you know, having a freelance motivational speaker going around clubs, it doesn't really matter if you do all the clubs or one club because they're not employed. So for Celtic to be pulled over the coals on this one, JP, uh, I think, you know, as a club, we should take that. We should take it right on the chin on the proviso that past misdemeanours are fully investigated. What's your thoughts on it? Well, it's pretty interesting to find that out. What, what, who is the club that that uh, David Murray nearly took over before he, he got Rangers? Air United. It was Air United. Ah, I thought it was Air United. I was wondering if it was Dunfermline there for a second. But um, no, it was like Kev said yesterday, Celtic could have probably just kept quiet about this and 
nobody would have known that this was going on. But obviously they've decided to release a statement to address it because of the fact that it was leaked to the media and also probably to be transparent for the authorities. Um, it'll be interesting to find out if anything does come from the alleged you know, uh, misdemeanour of, of, of appointing Gordon Strachan as a consultant now, especially given what you've just said. Um, so you would also like to think that the club would maybe have done their due diligence on that before they did it. It's not as if, you know, suddenly you appoint or announce this and then go, oh, wait a minute, this might be against the rules. Mm. Surely to goodness, they'll have basically checked that out, you know, before before going ahead with it. It, it would seem bizarre to me if they hadn't. So I, I, I wouldn't expect anything to come of it, to be honest. I, I, think, uh, I think, like you said, if you're a freelancer, you can go and do work elsewhere. Um, as long as you're not taking on full-time capacity and it's not full-time capacity. so And just with regards to what he might, might be doing, if Gordon Strachan is, is the guy that's charged with going around and looking at setups in other clubs to then base and make rep- recommendations for Celtic, I, I've, got, I've not got an issue with that. Like, I mean, the guy is clearly, whether you like him or not, he's clearly passionate about Celtic. And if you're passionate about something, then that's going to reflect in the work that you do. He's not just going to sit there picking up a three-month, whatever it is, salary, check, whatever. He's not just going to sit with his feet up and, you know, watch the games and watch training. You know, I think he'll actually do, want to do something good for the club because that's that that shines through. Whether you like him as a... I know he's a spiky individual and he's made enemies here and there, but, you know, a lot of people talk uh, well about him as well, you know. Um, I've seen a lot of people sticking up for him on, on Twitter as well, you know, uh, ex-players and things like that. So... Um, yeah, that's my that's our two balls worth. And he's a big pal of Tim Booth from the band James. Oh, yeah. as you know. a big James fan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've seen him. At, I've seen him at James gigs. I loves him. Eh? Yeah. It's tremendous because obviously uh, Tim is a Leeds United fan, and when Gordon Stratton played for Leeds, Tim Booth wrote to him and says, "You're my favourite player," and he asked him for some advice because he wanted to uh, figure out how you remain relevant within your field as you move into like the kind of like later years, because obviously Strachan had played, I think he played for Leeds up until he was about 37 or 38. He then went to Coventry. He was still playing at 40. And Tim Booth wrote to him and asked him that. And a friendship ensued. So as you say, he goes to the James, he goes to the James gigs and James have been going to Celtic games for a number of years. Um, And Saul Davis spoke about that in the podcast about a year and a half ago, how they were, um, you know, turning up at, at grounds expecting to be given the full hospitality treatment, but Strachan had just given them normal briefs. <laughs> and they were just to, they were just to stand with the likes of you and I, which is uh, quite funny and typical, apparently, of Gordon Strachan. Declan, what's your thoughts on, you know, anything Celtic does as a Ferrari? Uh, and very quickly, this was deemed uh, as a possible breach of an article of the SFA's uh, rule book and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's quite hard to swallow when rules have been broken in Scottish football for a generation and not challenged. Yeah, it's, it's very ironic. Um, you know, whether people are happy with the appointment of Gordon Strachan or not, I think you take him out the equation and what it is, you know, if you look at other clubs' misdemeanours and whatever else, um, it is very ironic that, you know, right away down our throats, but other clubs just seem to get away with it and nothing happens. So in many ways, it, it might, be good for you know us to kind of get a slap in the wrist for this and then for Celtic to then you know grow up here and start to challenge the SFA 
uh, and a few. Um, As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala, eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. Points that they've uh, shied away from in the, the past few years. So we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But it's very ironic that, you know, right away, even journalists, um, one who got the prediction at the weekend very badly wrong at Tanadice, um, was right on it right away. So, yeah, it's, it's no real surprise that, you know, people went to, even, even yesterday's article, I mean, if you, just to touch on the press, uh, talking about Odds and Edward the, the day after another team gets dumped out of the Champions League. I mean, it was a known story, but let's say something bad about Celtic. It's just it's bizarre, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this situation. I'm sure that something will come out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's Gordon Stracker will work for Celtic not advisor for three months, or we will uh, get the slap in the wrist and maybe grow up here. One thing will happen out yeah. It was, well, that, it, was Mike, it, was, it was Mikey Stewart that replied to Tom Ingram's <laughs> uh, tweet and basically said, you know, slapped him down and said, no, Gordon Strachan's actually a good guy and very knowledgeable about football. Like, because Tom English's tweet was absolutely insane. Like, I can't even believe he went for him in such a in such a harsh way. You know, I mean, it was worse than a lot of tweets I saw from Celtic fans. You know, like, it, it was quite personal. So I was quite pleased to see somebody like Michael Stewart just go back and go, wait a minute. That's not that's not cool, you know. Mm. He's often a voice of reason. That's Dex, pal. Dex, a friend of the the stars, as you know. (laughs) Um, It could well be the first opportunity uh, for Don McKay to go toe-to-toe with the authorities, something I'm sure he'll uh, become accustomed to whilst he's at Celtic Park. Danny Payton, who is watching on Facebook, because we're streaming all over Facebook at the moment, take personal opinions out of it. He hasn't been involved in top-level club football for over a decade, during which time the structures of youth and women's football has been transformed He's wholly ill-equipped for the role to give overviews on what he doesn't know. Um, I think he's done a fair bit of work with the academy up in Dundee. Um, but, you know, in terms of the uh, the B team, obviously that's a new thing. And I, I can see the, the merit in bringing somebody in to try and have that as part of a, a function that if you play for the B, B team, the step up to the A team, um, is made easier by the fact that we're playing the same system. There's the same kind of strategy. There's the same kind of philosophy. It's something that's worked for a lot of big, big clubs in the past, but we've never really had that procession. And if you've got it at academy level, to B team level, to first team level, 
absolutely makes sense for somebody to come in. Um, whether or not Gordon Strachan is that man, uh, we'll need to wait and see. And of course, the, the women's game has you know, developed massively over the last few years to the point where we're playing Champions League football this year, which will be brilliant to see. It'll be great to get the, the fans into the stadium to watch those games as well. Now, plenty more to discuss. Someone mentioned earlier there, uh, Declan, about Odson Edward. Uh, I found it bizarre that somebody like Charlie Adam, right, again, uh, who had been on the same park as Odson Edward just days before, was, you know, very critical of Edward and said that he could command a price of around five million quid should Celtic decide to sell him just now. Bizarrely, even more bizarre than that is that um, Charlie Adam himself have got combined transfer fees of 13.5 million, which I find mind-boggling. And that's, that's something else that's wrong with modern football. Um, I just look at Eddie, I think to myself, right, you know, form, his form is temporary, Declan. Anyone who has got any knowledge um, observed football for a number of years will know that Edouard is worth more than five million quid. I think the fees that have been discussed are far more accurate and they're around the 20 million quid mark, uh, Deck. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, he's obviously on his way out. Uh, we seem to be interested in uh, Thomas Henry. Um, we're going to have to work quickly on that one because other clubs have shown an interest. Bordeaux have been reportedly interested in the striker. What's your thoughts on Eddie? He's still, I mean, his value has not plummeted to a Yeti levels, has it? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, he didn't have, he didn't set the header alight last season, but he was still a top goal scorer. Yeah, I know a lot of them are from the penalty spot, but his goal scoring and assist record at Celtic is something that is well worth the, the fee of around 20 million. And as we were talking about conflicts of interest earlier, um, Charlie Adam, you know, a, a, the Dundee captain, was going on a Scottish football show saying that his club should get less money and uh, sponsorship shares from the cinch deal because another club's kicking up about it. So, you know, where does that come into play about it? Because we've got players that are going in the media and slaughtering their own clubs too. Um, so, yeah, I think from the perspective of Odds and Edward, but we've known for a long time that he's going to leave the club. Um, you know, people were comparing him to Furuhashi on Saturday, two completely different players. Furuhashi obviously likes to move off the ball, create the space. Edward likes to get the ball into feet and create the goalie cell and go at players. Two totally, totally different players. It's just that obviously Kyogo probably suits what, what we like as Celtic fans is that really direct football where, you know, ball was played in at the space and bang, um, something that we've always been kind of used to watching through the great strikers that we've had down down the years but I think you know at this point in time it's getting the right price for Odds and Edward let them leave the club if that's what he's wanting to do and investing it back into the squad and you know whether it's Thomas Henry or whoever else that is a good quality striker that will come in and challenge this one who um, we've not touched on yet but was absolutely sensational on Sunday what a performance first time a player has scored a hat-trick in his home debut since 1924 absolutely outstanding so I look forward to seeing this man and whoever is French Eddie's replacement, I hope he can push this man or even form a, a partnership with him because I'm really excited, seeing, uh, really excited to see more of this man tonight, hopefully. Brilliant. I loved how Declan just turned that into a positive there. JP, that was tremendous. Um, a Northern Pros, which is oh, Kevin Graham, is on Twitch. Is. Check him out. I don't know if he's also watching a karaoke video from Japan, as I was yesterday. But um, yeah, he's on Twitch and he's commenting. So get on it. 
get on Twitch. Um, I think a couple of the guys are going to be gaming and stuff like that, JP. It's not my thing. I've not gamed since the old Amiga 500 days. So, Declan has no idea what I'm talking about. Sorry? New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand story. story. Yeah, Sensible Soccer, Deluxe Paint 3. Oh, yes, <laughs> Lemmings. Loved Lemmings. That was oh, a Scottish lemmings. creation as well. Yes, and uh, Bart Simpson versus the Space Invaders as well was oh, good. Oh, my God. Space Remember mutants. that? Space Mutants, that's right, X-ray glasses. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Um, so, Odson Edwards and obviously Kyogo, whose name adorns Declan shirt. There's a question. Who's the first name you got in the back of your Celtic jersey, JP? Oh, Henrik Larson. Hmm. Henrik Larson. And then somebody, I worked in an Iceland in Bathgate and I, I brought it in in a bag. I think I was playing fives and I brought it in a plastic bag. Accidentally left the plastic bag in the manager's office. The next day, went back and said, "Has anybody seen that bag with the Larson top in it?" And everyone was kind of like playing dumb. And I still to this day think that it was a a bitter current that uh, that that chucked it in the bin or something like that. Right? It was a long sleeved. It was the ninety seven ninety eight home top, long sleeved Larson seven on the back. And I was in that one of those classic football shop shops. And I told mm-hmm. the guy I had that, and the guy, the guy was like, oh, man, see if you still had that. He was like, that's worth an absolute bomb. And I was just like, that was priceless to me anyway. So I, Larson 7 was that. Larson 7. Declan, what about you? Thompson 8. Because my birthday's 8, I always liked the number 8 jersey. So this, this helped, you know. But um, that's the first time I think I've had something in the back of my jersey since Hooper 88. Um, I like Gary Hooper when he played for us. But it was last week we were telling you the story about Efren Juarez 4. There was another guy I had in my jersey because I just liked him right away when he came in. So that one was probably didn't work out as well as... And he asked you for a photograph. He asked you for no, a photograph. Not, not at all. Not at all. But uh, <laughs> it's weird again how football circles come round because I think he's still at New York City with, with Ronnie Dyler. But um, it's always been eight. So Thompson and then Bruni and I had Hooper 88 and now Kyogo 8. So the eight you remember my jersey. You, you didn't used to be able to get numbers and names. Celtic didn't have it. Like it wasn't until... I guess mid nineties, like maybe even ninety five, ninety six. I wasn't even a, I wasn't even a squint my dad's eye in the mid nineties. I, I know, I know. Nineteen ninety four. Was it nineteen ninety four? When we started in domestic games, there had been fleeting moments in European games and uh, such like where we wore numbers on the back. But ninety four is when we were forced to start wearing numbers on the back of the jersey. But with no name though, it was numbers. No name, wasn't it? Yeah, no name. In fact, I do remember, I actually got number nine, uh, Pierre Van Hoydonk, but didn't have Van Hoydonk. I just had the nine on the back of the the, the first strip that he that he had. So yeah, the one we won a Scottish Cup in. Yeah, yeah, that one. Brilliant, <laughs> super. There we go, reminiscing uh, about Celtic jerseys. But on the point of centre forwards, JP and Odson Edward, and these comments that uh, were we hear, you know, and there's I'm not going to call them uneducated, but they're just incorrect and inaccurate how could you possibly say his market value what are you basing that on that his market value is five million quid yes he didn't have the best season last season but you know when his agent is looking around in terms of who's interested in him the record and you know when you look at the goals scored he'll be looking at some of the goals scored in europe for example the ac milan etc he scores in a a scottish cup final you know the the thing with, with edward is we don't think he's performed to his full potential but he's not become a bad player overnight and if Celtic are doing a deal at this moment in time it will be for four times Charlie Adams value of the player 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see this, this pattern about player, current players being able to have a voice in the media, especially if you're going to be trying to be a shock jock. I, I just can't get on board with that. I can't subscribe to it. It's why I have so much issue with Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd had already started doing what he's doing now whilst he was still playing for Kilmarnock and being this kind of controversial figure and everything else. Like Chris Sutton, you could say always like trying to be like Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton didn't start doing punditry until years after he retired. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think, I just it's just my personal opinion, but I don't think, unless you're just going to go and be like Marvin Bartley or Scott Brown and be a part of a panel on a, on a football match and just offer your thoughts on a football match, and not veer off piste and start giving your your tuppence worth and how much you think a player's worth, you know, like that, that. Those two are two different two different things to me. I just don't think it should be allowed. You talk about SFA not allowing, uh, you know, a, 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 a likes of Strachan to come and work for us for three months in a consultancy role. Charlie Adams shouldn't be allowed in these shows and given a voice because it's just it's just not it's not right. You know, it's it's it's, it's a bit weird. And uh, I just, no, I don't subscribe to the fact that he's become a £5 million player. Everybody knows how good Edward is. He's not far off 100 goals for Celtic, which is a, it's like a bit of a galling thing that, you know, he could make the 100 club if he, if he did stick about. Um, the weird thing is he's not actually come out and said anything. It's all pure speculation. And everybody's just made their mind up that Eddie wants to leave and he's unhappy and this, that, and the next thing. I have no idea what's going on in his life, whether he's, you know, doesn't he like Glasgow or what? I mean, I have no idea. No, He's not said anything. There's been no comments from his agent, from him personally, from the manager on him. Um, the, the comments the other day about losing them for nothing from Ange Postacoglu was, was a little bit concerning because mm. the first time it actually became a reality that he might not leave and he'll stay and run out his contract and then you know, and then he goes for nothing, which I don't think anybody would be would be all right with. I mean, would you? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, the, the only the only scenario in which I would accept that is if he stays, he's on the top of his game, he scores thirty goals, and we win a treble, and we do something <laughs> in Europe. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I'd accept it. But on the current form and with his current demeanour. I can't mm-hmm. see that. I can't yeah. see it being like a light switch, JP, where all of a sudden he gets his mojo back and he starts performing mm-hmm. again. Um, so that that was a concern. Ange Postacoglu saying that. I mean, Will McMillan comes in on YouTube to say if Frimpong is worth a loving, double it for Eddie. I think if you look at the Frimpong deal, you look at the Ayer deal, then, you know, you then say... Eddie's worth five million. I don't think you know what you're talking about in terms of football. Someone else comes in to say that um, feed the bear. Always a pleasure to see you coming in on the comments. Uh, I'll get the axom on my tap for going back to the games. Well, just buy the top, buy the axom top. The stock has arrived. We had a few of these jerseys in the studio because we're dipping our toe into quality merchandise. JP, um, we're not just you know flogging a dead horse. Quality merchandise, all embroidered, etc., with our logos that we own uh, on the jerseys and a wee sample dipping our toe in the water. Completely sold out just by one post on Facebook. So we had to order some new um, stock in. It'll be on the the website by the end of today. Hopefully, Axom.net, and that will obviously help to finance the running of Axom and all the other various shows that we put out on a daily basis as well. If anyone else is watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. We're growing the channel on YouTube. And if you do subscribe, you might win a monthly prize. This month, JP, the Fratellis. 
with Costello Music as a platinum disc. It was presented to John Fratelli for 600,000 sales, which I think makes it a double platinum of that debut album. Um, what was your I thoughts on the Fratellis? You would have I seen them a few times. No, not really, no. I, no. Chelsea Dagger, they used to play at Celtic Park every single time we scored. Mm. We scored quite a lot, if you remember. <laughs> at that time, we were absolutely tonking teams and... Uh, I, I just I got sick of it. I was like, please just change the record. Like, and it's a good song. Obviously, it's a good song, and it's catches in, and and I get, you know, why. But I mean, you know, bring back, bring back the Pogues or something, something else like Fiesta. You know, that was a oh. that was a good one when when yeah. we scored. But uh, I the Chelsea Dagger thing just uh, it, it ran it ran dry. But <clears throat> I know he's a big he's a big Celtic fan, isn't he, John Fratelli? Um, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all apparently really nice guys. My pal Raymond's pal to them, so yeah. But um, they never really registered with me. It wasn't. I think I just missed the boat on them. They were if I had maybe been a bit five or six years younger, they'd have probably been all over it. But um, I'm not sure what I was into at that time. Probably I was listening to. That was probably when I started listening to Twilight Sad and Frightened Rabbit and stuff like that. Right about that time, so mm-hmm. I was I was on their bus and uh, not the Fratelli's bus. Not the Fratelli's boss, and uh, I think Chelsea Dagger was the name of one of their girlfriends, you know, a burlesque okay. dancer, Chelsea Dagger. Um, now, a Northern Pros, I don't think he should be on Twitch trying to do that by the gear. <laughs> um, I'm quite sure he's talking about the axe on top of my left shoulder. Robert Baker, Ayer earned his move. Edward isn't earning much right now. Totally agree with that, Robert, I really do. I just think, you know, again, credit to Ryan Christie, it's very difficult, I think, for a footballer once their head has left the building, JP, copyright, um, for them to come back into the game. I think that must be very difficult because they've, they've checked out, you know, and I think that massive credit is uh, deserving of Ryan Christie, Declan, because he's managed to check back in. I don't know for how long, but uh, to be able to then find that motivation again, and some people might say, ah, oh, well, they get paid this and that, that's their job. Yeah, it is. But I think you need to be switched on top level of any sport to be able to perform. So credit to Christie for being able to do that this season as well, so far. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, yeah again, in Sunday, Paul, I thought it was outstanding. I mean, the, the assists were... Terrific, um, you know, nutmeg the guy played that ball right, and it just it shows he's got the old um, footballer's brain in terms of just knowing where the space would be, and the two of two of them just clicked perfectly. I mean, the third goal, the ball through is just so perfectly weighted through to Kyogo, and you know he knows he's going to make that run. So he's playing that ball in there, um, and even you know playing as that on the left hand side so much last season, we saw him playing the right hand side of that four two three one. And then come in centrally. I mean, as a left winger, he looks absolutely brilliant. Um, if he's, you know, up for giving us another year, and then going for a, a fee next summer, I'd definitely take him because he's he's given his all, and that's all we can really ask for. But you know, back to Edward, Ollie McBurney went for twenty million quid to Sheffield United. So if he's worth twenty million, then surely to God, Edward's no far off it, or if more, because you know, for what I've watched, Ollie McBurney in a Scotland jersey. 
Never mind him playing for Sheffield United. He is absolutely honking. <laughs> Another great quote for Declan. Absolutely honking. For all our new viewers in Australia and Japan, Declan, what does that mean? Absolutely honking. Not a very good player. Not a very good player. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Charlie Adam and his combined transfer fees, which I think come in at about 13.5 million quid or something there or thereabouts, which I think astonishing, but not as astonishing as Oliver Burke's 33.2 million pound. And I would challenge anybody to tell me a Scottish player who has cost more than Oliver Burke. And I find that absolutely astonishing for a boy who's only 24 years of age. And someone did say on Twitter, uh, a couple of months ago when we were getting stick Axel was definitely the worst thing ever to come out of Fife well Oliver Burke was born in Kirkcaldy so mm. I don't know if that is right now someone Robert Baker you're asking for a link to the Twitch page well I'm just going to stick it up in one of the comments here and you should be able to find us from there that's up on the comments now that's our Twitch the only thing the only thing I've ever watched on Twitch is uh, Lemmy driving about in a an American on an American highway in a kind of big lit truck, and he just drives around lit lit chats nonsense and drives around and it's, it's bizarrely therapeutic. I don't know how long I could watch it for, um, but <laughs> it's pretty good, it's pretty good fun. The, th- the thing is, JP, I obviously uh, I says to uh, Kelvin, who's a videographer at, at State of Mind, that when I went into the Twitch thing, because obviously I had to set up an account, I felt as though I was entering a completely different dimension. Yeah. It was like I was watching Total Recall or something. That was a different yeah. world for me. <laughs> a world I didn't feel that comfortable in. However... <laughs> It is another platform and people use it. So, you know, if they use Twitch, they prefer that over YouTube or Facebook, it's there and you can watch us on there and we are able to to put it out. So uh, enjoy it if you are a Twitch user. And as I say, some of the guys, Colin, for example, Russell, like a bit of gaming and we might start doing stuff like that as well. So Odds and Edward then, uh, Declan, if indeed there is something lined up and um, obviously tonight, could be his last appearance in a Celtic jersey. I guess we could be saying that every single week until such times that he leaves, if he does leave in this window. Where does that uh, leave him in terms of uh, Angie's plans? Do you change much after the resounding defeat of Dundee at the weekend? No, I I wouldn't change it at all. I mean, uh, bringing Stephen Welch into the back four was the right decision for me because I just think he's a lot more natural as a defender. Um, Joe Hart you could hear him shouting balling at the two of them um, and even Starfield he kind of made a wee bit of a, a, an error early on in the game and the fans kind of went for him a wee bit not in a, a bad way but as if oh can I do that here son um, so I think Stephen Welch beside him I just feel a lot more comfortable with um, Ralston again has come into a game I mean that's his goal two and two brilliant goal I mean it's not a fluke I mean the touch and any you know the, the turn they nutmegs the guy as well um, so, again, it'll be the same two fullbacks, I'd imagine. I thought the three worked in midfield really well, playing McGregor as a six, uh, and then Turnbull as the eight, and Rogic, Rogic as the ten. Um, again, another great goal from Tom Rogic, one of his better performances that we've seen in later. T- and again, you know, Turnbull looked a lot more on it. I think he maybe just a wee bit more comfortable there, McGregor playing that different role, but breaking up play, dropping in to help Starfield and, and Welsh. Two wingers, you know, and this man just seemed to click really, really well when they're really direct and go at teams. And I think that's what's going to be something at Jablonic or Fear tonight that, you know, with the crowd roaring everybody on, and if we, you know, get our tails up early on, it could be could be quite messy. 
So uh, <laughs> no, I haven't changed the team at all. The manager's said that as well, hasn't he? He's alluded to the fact that his, yeah. uh, his players uh, are probably not used, not like footballers over the last year, but just generally not used to playing in front of a crowd like a Celtic Park crowd on a European night. Um, fair comment, Declan McConville, would you agree with that, JP? Is there any changes you would make or you would like to see made tonight? I mean, I, I want revenge over Hearts on Sunday because um, I saw so much crowing from Hearts fans that I know and non-Hearts fans as well. Um, so I want to batter them on Sunday. Uh, and I mean batter them. I You're talking about them. the team, not not the Hearts fans. No, no I'd actually probably <laughs> batter them physically. No, I want them dispatched. Um, I might have to regret those comments and we'll get, we'll get dumped out of the cup on Sunday. But no, I just... Uh, because that should never have happened at Tynecastle, uh, you know, last minute winner, you know, that's that's what we do to them, not not the, not the other way around. So uh, maybe might change some things with an eye to Sunday. I don't know, just <clears throat> uh, but I think nobody deserves to be dropped from from Sunday's game for 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 my uh, my, my thinking. Uh, everybody was was totally on it. Ralston for me has probably played his way into being the number two right back I mean we're clearly going to sign a right back I mean there's, there's been so much speculation if we close this transfer window and we haven't signed a right back of repute I think all of us will there, there might be a car park incident put it that way because <laughs> how could we possibly go through the rest of the season with just Anthony Ralston at right back you know so I hope that the, the talk of is it Juranovic Jur, Juranovic uh, yeah from from uh, Legia Warsaw. Warsaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that and uh, yeah, international. A uh, couple of million quid, two and a half yeah. million quid. Mm. Yeah, and they're obviously having to shell, uh, you know, shed players because they've not qualified for the Champions League, something that might hit a, a club closer to home uh, very shortly as well. There'll be no, there'll be tiny violence for that moment, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Sounds like good pedigree. Um, and tonight, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing. Furuhashi rip it up again because I mean if he thought that was good on Sunday tonight he's going to be there'll probably be a, a, a bubbling mess by the end of it because if if the Green Brigade come up with a song for him midway through this game tonight and it catches on place is just going to take off you know oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> I hope it's not the one that mentions Ryan Kent though because I don't want any I don't want him getting a mention in a in a Celtic song as much as Wham Wake Me Up Before You Go Go is a good song I don't want Ryan Kent mentioned in a in a Celtic song. As far as I'm concerned, the guy's you know, there's nothing to me. You know? oh, I like I like that JP. You're on form the day you're going to butter Hearts fans, and Kent is nothing to you. Yes, we're fighting <laughs> back. We're fighting back. Um, good point, Snick sixty seven uh, YouTube chats. Brutal. I'm glad it's on Twitch now. No, but it's fair fair dues. I mean, obviously you get infiltrators, and uh, I learned the other day that you can switch the chat off to anyone who doesn't subscribe whilst you're doing a, a broadcast. So that's something that I'm going to be looking into as well. Um, but yeah, if you prefer the, the chat over on Twitch, it's good that we're on there now. Snick sixty seven. The Ralston. Uh, question. I think where we are now, beginning of the season, you're looking at, um, you know, Colin and I on one of the preseason shows, maybe even before it, JP were talking about the, the potential back four and we called it. We called the back four um, against Michelin and we did that months ago, but it was tongue in cheek. And of course, part of that was Ralston at right back. He's now, he's played five games in a row for the first time in his Celtic career. That's the first time he's ever did, uh, done that, right? And I, I keep making the point, if he was a 
19, 20, 21 year old, 22 year old coming through for the first time and this was the first five games that you've seen of Tony Ralston, you'd be thinking what a prospect we've got here Right, but because there's this baggage of the fact that over the five year piece, people have written him off, people have not been impressed with him up until this season to a large degree after following his, his kind of breakthrough season. Um, it's taken him a wee bit longer to, to win a lot of the fan base over, but he looks up for that challenge. Regardless of all that, like you say, Celtic are still going to bring in a right back because we can't run with O'Connor, Urugidi, and Welsh out of position behind Ralston that's just a no-no and I mean um, O'Connor's actually started playing for the B team this week as well scored against uh, Bones so you're absolutely right we're going to have to bring one in it looks as though according to Sky Sports this morning uh, Juranovic is the front runner uh, £2.5 million signing if we bring him in and um, Henri the Frenchman, that's another ten million quid, um, and we still need a left back. So we'll see how that goes, and a centre half, and a centre half <laughs> potentially. So, well, what I was going to say, the thing that worries me with that is, I think from the board's perspective, and it's something that really worries me is we're short and right back, and obviously if Edward commands a big fee, that'll be the two positions that will strengthen. But it worries me that from a board perspective, they might look at the left back position and go, we've got three players in here, one in Montgomery, a player that we spent a good few million quid on, a bold and goalie. I would maybe be hesitant to replace them until they're out the door, like what happened with the Ireland Starfield deal. And again, them thinking that they're beat on the centre half, whereas we all know he's not. So that worries me in terms of positionally where mm-hmm. we are at, that we might only sign two rather than sign four, which is what we we all know we need to do, really. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. Like you say, they might say, you know, we're, we're pretty well covered at left back. I think Ko Itakura, uh, Manchester City, centre half, uh, you know, if we bring him in, it'll probably be a loan. So I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if we bring in one or two loans to try and shore up some of the positions. Prediction for tonight, JP Mason. I don't, I don't really do them, but okay, 3-1 uh, Celtic. Do you want Celtic, Declan McConville? 4-0 Celtic. Oh, I love that. The positivity is just oozing out of Declan McConville today. Um, Leo Held could be on his way to Leeds. So we brought in someone to consult over the, the Celtic B team, the academy, that gateway, you know, the, the pathway to the first team. It seems as though, unfortunately, Declan, it's maybe a wee bit too late for the likes of Leo Held. We've already lost Ocoflex, um, Angelini's away, and previous to that, we've lost players to Man City, Blackburn Rovers, Bayern Munich, who hadn't even kicked the ball for the first team. It's unfortunate because Held does look as though he has some great potential. He, you know, he looked decent enough at Ross County. Obviously, John Hughes' comments about him too. But yeah, there's just so many players that have, have checked out, you know, younger players to, to go and pursue a career somewhere else where there obviously is a, a clear pathway from that development squad into the, the first team squad. And, you know, this season so far, there's a lot of players in that B squad that are looking like a player we know in Moffat in pre-season looked great and he's still doing it just now and he's playing against you know he's playing against men and he's he's doing it it's not as if he's playing against people at his own age level and they're battering teams at times Celtic so um, maybe just a wee bit too late for him but you know if there's a, a kind of clear plan for him at Leeds and how he can make the progress into the first team it's probably why he's going there so it's something that we, we do need to sort out that you know players think they can go into their academy and be in the first team and have that opportunity 
Yeah, so we're actually saying that we agree that we need somebody to come in and have a look at that pathway, but we understand uh, some fans' frustrations that it might be striking. That's if we have not breached Article 13 of the SFA rules, of course. <laughs> um, just running through some of the, the really positive uh, predictions for tonight, I've left the best till last from Stephen Coulthard, 7 oh. Here's hoping, Stephen. Here's hoping that this doesn't come back. It could have been seven and, or maybe even ten on Sunday against Dundee. Ten on Sunday. Yeah. It's a oh, free scoring eight. element. It's a free scoring element. You know, scored ten goals in two games coming into this game here. Yeah. Uh, the confidence is oozing in, in, the, in the team, particularly offensively. I, I do see a lot of goals, but I'm still not convinced at the back. I still think no. that no, no. a team of any quality might get a goal here and there. Nah, that's why I said 3-1 because I can't see us not conceding and, and it probably won't be Joe Hart's fault anyway. It'll be somebody letting somebody run off them or whatever as we saw in the first game. You know, it was uh, those 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 goals that we lost in the first game last week against Jablonic were, were pretty, they were preventable. But I loved, the, the one thing I loved about, well, there's many things I loved about Sunday, just walking out of Celtic Park with a smile on my face again was... Uh, well, actually, I've not been too used to that because we've all just been sitting at home, you know, watching these this this you know calamity on our on our TV screens and not being at the game to see it. So, um, but we're seeing the players really going for it, even in the final couple of minutes. You know, uh, I think it was Christie and maybe Ralston that were were both basically going for the same uh, ball from a corner or a cross right at the end, and you're like, they're still massively. Like, you're six nil up. There's no need for them to still be like that. But you saw them, you know, just going full pelt, and it was actually a reflection of the the the, the praised and maligned uh, video that was released of Postecoglou saying, "We don't stop, don't stop until the final whistle." You you just mm-hmm. keep keep on at them. You know, some people were skeptical about whether that was staged or not. I don't think it was. I think from the interviews you've seen with Postecoglou that he's he's a pretty straight up guy you know I mean he's not the type of guy that's going to go right oh uh, let's set up this video shoot and I'm going to say this and you know make sure you, you release that as a soundbite I think it was just purely you know they, they caught him saying what he would say yeah. without a camera there. I, I heard them shouting that on Sunday it was 83 minutes cause I looked up at the clock and he was shouting keep going keep moving keep going yeah. forward don't stop and he was shooting that so as you say definitely not staged and you know how many times have we watched Celtic in the past few years and they get to, you know, maybe three goals and just let their foot off the gas. Whereas Sunday, it was just right on it, get more goals. Yeah. You know, yeah. the hands the thing you're saying, it, it, you, there's no way it's staged. I agree with that, JP. There's a great video that popped up yesterday on my, my playlist on YouTube of Ange Postacoglu going toe to toe with uh, an Australian. Uh, broadcaster called Craig Foster and you just think to yourself (laughs) he's not having any of that and uh, we've seen a couple of elements of it with the Scottish uh, press as well so long may that continue you found found a blip did you you found one well done (laughs) (laughs) brilliant (laughs) superb listen I've really enjoyed that today we're back uh, tonight quarter past seven uh, to cover the the Celtic game pre-match and so forth and uh, enjoy the game lads I will be covering the game from the studio um you know, and throughout the season, I'm not sure who will be using John Paul Dykes' season ticket, but uh, I will certainly be ensuring that every game is covered on Axom. So thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the numerous areas that you can now watch a Celtic State of Minds bulletin, including Twitch, Twitter, 
Facebook, YouTube, and a few others in there as well. So hopefully you enjoy the show. Thank you to JP Mason and to Declan McConville for joining me once again on A Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.